0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the uh, Svaram Chatter podcast. Uh, first of all, this podcast is being sponsored anonymously by someone in uh, honor of Svaram Chatter. Um, today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Professor Pavel Macheko, who is an Associate Professor of History and the Leonard and Helen R. Stolman Chair in Classical Jewish Religion, Thought, and Culture at Johns Hopkins University. We'll be discussing his forthcoming monograph, and and Uh So with that, uh, thank you, Professor Macheko, for joining me
1: thank you for having me.
0: So I think we should start off just go right into what is, I think a lot of people, especially to listeners of this podcast might be familiar that there was a big famous controversy and fight, so to speak, between, they know it as the Biennial to back of Emden thing, but why don't we give a broad overview of the whole story, when it was, how it started, lay the groundwork.
1: It's a big question, but uh, um, a broad overview would be this, right? What is known as the Enden-Eiberschutz controversy, even though I don't like this term and people probably get to a discussion why I don't like this, this term. But what is known as the Enden-Eiberschutz controversy is a controversy that erupted in the triple community Altona Hamburg-Wandsbeck in um, uh, January, 1751 uh, 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 when uh, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Jonathan Eiberschutz uh, was accused by, Uh, uh, his neighbor, Rabbi of Emden of being a Sabatian, of being a believer in um, Shabtai Tzvi. Now that's the one sentence definition. Um, In fact, the controversy are three different controversies. Uh, One is precisely is the question, uh, uh, whether Rabbi Jonathan Iberschitz, uh was a heretic uh, or not, uh, or held beliefs or practices uh, that strayed what, from what was considered the mainstream Judaism of the of the time, that's question number one. Question number two is, if so, uh, what to do about it? Uh, right, how to. Uh, 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 how to handle a situation in which you have a uh, very prominent uh, Torah scholar, um, uh, uh, head of the yeshiva, um, uh, and one of the most important rabbis of the uh, time uh, who is accused of uh, of heresy. And the question, and question number three is, uh, what's the nature of the heresy, right? Because again, what is best known uh, is the accusation of of Sabatianism. Um, uh, but there are other accusations that uh, surface during during the controversy. There are people who are saying no no, he 's not a sebatian in fact he an atheist uh, right it is not about a heretical belief it 's about the lack of belief, the, the, the uh, 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 irreligion. There are other people who would say, no, no, he's not a Sabatian, uh, um, he's a crypto-Christian. Um, uh, so there are other suggestions as to how to define uh, a, a, a his heretical beliefs, assuming that he uh, indeed holds uh, heretical beliefs.
0: So. I guess we'll get more to that in a bit. So, so how did this? Did, you gave the one sentence a view of the story, but how did the story happen? What exactly was the background of the history of how this whole thing erupted?
1: Well, again, the answer is complicated. First of all, there is a the initially when I started working on this on this project, um, I wanted to start to to, to write a book about three big controversies surrounding Rabbi Jonathan Iberschitz, uh during his lifetime. Uh, the first controversy is the controversy about his Kabbalistic writings uh, from the 1720s, uh, in particular uh, the text uh, uh, titled "Va'avochay uh, Yomel which is the most important Kabbalistic tract attributed to him. Uh, some years ago, I um, I published a critical edition um, of uh, of this text. Uh, And I wanted to write about the first Hyberschutz controversy that is a controversy around this text and some other Kabbalistic writings attributed to him. That's one controversy. Controversy number two is um, his um, edition of. uh, of the Talmud, uh, the Homash and uh, and the Sidur, uh which came out in uh Prague uh shortly thereafter. Uh these are heavily censored editions. Uh and the contro- and the censorship or the type of the censorship is uh is controversial in itself because he's not merely Removing certain elements from the Siddur, right? So it's not only, uh, uh, you know, removing Shelo Sh- 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 Asani uh, which is standard for the for the for the time, um, uh, but it's rewriting. Uh, it's writing completely uh, uh, um, uh, uh, completely uh, new versions uh, of um, a, um, of certain prayers or or or, or of uh, uh, Gmara, uh, uh, Tosfot, Rashi and all all, all this in the, in the, in his edition of Massachet Brachot. And then there's this third controversy. This is the amulet controversy, Uh, right? This is the 1750s, 25 years after, after the first controversy. Uh, Now, as I been working on it, I realized that this is too big. That for this book, I will only focus on on the third controversy, on 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 the 17, 1750s controversy, which is which is around around his amulets. But if we are to understand this controversy, we have to remember that the accusations of heresy uh, started. Uh, uh, 25 years uh, uh, before the eruption of the Mden-Aibaschitz controversy Um, uh, and they are, these lingering accusations are the background for the big controversy. Now, the reason why the big controversy is a big controversy is because at that time it really uh, um, exploded. In other words, once the amulet controversy erupted in, in Altona, pretty much all major rabbis of the time, all major institutions of the time, such as the Council of Four Lands, uh, and all major Jewish communities, Ashkenazi communities all over Europe got involved in this controversy, one one way uh, or uh, another in other words there is an Israeli historian who described the controversy as the uh, Jewish French Revolution uh, 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 this is an exaggeration uh, but uh, but yes this was the largest most contentious uh, um, uh, and in many ways uh, most important controversy uh, in uh, uh, Judaism in, uh, in in the early modern period
0: so going back on something you said, before we go further on the main points of the book and what you're writing on is the the that you wrote a critical edition. And I've been asked this, and so I want to ask this to you. I know you dealt with it there a little but just to discuss it in a, a drop, not to sit on that most of the time. Is that what, you know, it's been attributed to him, but it, there's a lot of questions about it. I think even Sholem wasn't sure. There's a lot of questions about it. And, or maybe he was, maybe I mean, correct. So correct me there if I'm wrong. Um, somebody, you know, I've, I've been told that, you know, is, is that like, what are the proofs that you had that he indeed wrote it?
1: Okay. So there are, there are essentially three proofs or three arguments, right? One is, um, uh, uh, that at that time, nobody denies it. In other words, the first, the, the idea that he might have not written it, uh, a, Came up only in the late 19th century. During the controversy around El nobody denies it. Like everyone attributes this text to Ibrishit. Both his enemies, the chief enemies at that time, are uh, Emden uh, 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 saw it in 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 saw uh in Yampol. Everyone who is, in 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 who, who, who knew this book back in the 1720s, uh, um, uh, uh, attributed it to um, uh, Ibeshitz, and Ibeshitz himself never denied he wrote this book. In other words, he, he if you read uh, Luchot Edut, uh, uh closely, uh, right, this is his apology, uh, um, uh, his defense against the accusations of uh, that he himself published in 1755, uh, he's saying that uh, mm, that there are some problems with the uh, uh, different recensions of the manuscript that some the manuscript might have been tampered with, uh, mm, but he never uh, uh, claims uh, he did not write, write this book. So this is the first argument, right? The idea that he might have not written it um, comes up late uh, and is disseminated by people who who never actually read this text. Um, so during the period, everyone knows that this is Ibis. That's point number one. Point number two, from the perspective of a historian, and I am a historian, uh, we have the history of the dissemination of the manuscript. Uh, right. In other words, if I am reading in Emden's autobiography uh, that he read a copy uh uh of of avahiam el khain in uh, in presburg uh I know that this copy uh, uh came from Rabbi Adantan Aibashutz's yeshiva, was brought from his student, um uh, whose name I know, uh and who also attributed the book to his teacher. Uh right, if Rabbi Michael Hassid in Berlin is seeing another uh copy of this manuscript, uh I know that uh, he got this copy from his son, uh who was Aibaschutz's student in uh Prague, and who brought it from his teacher. uh, uh so if I Trace the uh, history of the dissemination of the of the of of the manuscript I know that the manuscripts are coming um, uh, uh, from uh, um, uh, 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 from his yeshiva in Prague, and that people who are uh, uh, disseminating these manuscripts are his students um, and are claiming that this is the text of, of 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 their teacher this is this is the second argument. And the third argument is the text itself, uh, right? If you, if you read this text um, and you compare it to, a, a, um, to the material from, for instance, from, from, from the sermons, from uh, you, will, um, you will see uh, that a lot of material from uh, comes up and is elaborated further. Um, in uh, in uh, in the serpents uh, right these are the same ideas uh, um, they're phrased in much more uh, uh, cautious fashion uh right but um but the book is there also also in the amulets r- r- right you can read the amulets in in in, in light of uh, and and, and yeah. yeah so essentially this is what
0: what is well- Right, and one more thing I want to touch on just before we get to the main point of what we're going to discuss is that just about you mentioned the 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 Talmud Bruchus that he that he that he published. So just you want to tell listeners a little bit like the story of that. They may not be familiar.
1: Um, this is a uh, yeah. I mean, I published an article uh, um, on that. I decided n- not to not to include it in in the book I'm I'm working on, but but I have a large article uh, on this. This is the. Um, uh, uh, the idea was to publish the entire edition, the entire Shas. Um, they ended up publishing only, only, only Massachet Brachot, uh, and then, uh, uh, and then, uh, essentially, it, it's a very long and complicated story. And and I can send people to my to my article. But standing on one leg, uh, right? Uh, we are in um, in the Habsburg um uh, in, in the Habsburg Empire uh, the Talmud as such is on the uh, in, on the index of prohibited books there's no legal way to publish uh, a Talmud in a Catholic uh in a Catholic country with the exception of Poland, Lithuania, when it's not not enforced, but uh, 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 but in 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 Italy and the Habsburg territories, uh, uh, the, the Talmud cannot be published, um, and Eibeshitz obtains permission to publish uh, um, to publish a censored version of the Talmud, which is the first. Legally published version of the Talmud in Catholic uh, uh, territories uh, since it was placed uh, on the on the index by uh, by the Church, and the price for it is uh, is, is censorship, right? Is um, uh, a, a, including the title, right? It cannot be called the Talmud. It's, it's not called Masachat Brachot. It's called Hilchot Brachot, uh, and um, And there is a very very uh, far-reaching censorship. As I said, what is completely unusual about the censorship, because if you look at the censorship of, of Hebrew books in early modern Europe, most of it is incredibly primitive. In other words, more, most of it is essentially removing uh, uh, certain, certain sections to the extent that you have additions in which half of the sentence was uh, 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 removed. You see clearly what was removed, how it was removed. Um, and uh, uh, and you see clearly that the text is, uh, is incomplete. Now this addition is extremely unusual in that that, that they, it's not only about re- removing, it's also erasing, it's also about rewriting. And it's about rewriting in such fashion that someone who doesn't know the text might not know that the text was censored, right? In other words, if, if you are, the idea is that a uh, few generations down the road, uh, right? People will study this as the uh, 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 correct version of um, uh, of uh, Brachot, and will not even know uh, 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 that this is uh, uh, that this is a, a, a censored version, which is why there is a very strong backlash from the Jewish community. Again, the main player there is uh, uh, is uh, Rabbi Moshe Hagiz, uh, who, who 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 goes out very strongly. Against, against the edition. And the edition is, uh, uh, the publication process is stopped. Uh, uh, most of the copies are, uh, are destroyed. Uh, um, and Which is why very few people know it today.
0: Right, where can, uh, if anyone was interested in reading your article, where can they find that?
1: Uh, it's, uh, it was published in Jewish social studies, but it can be found on uh, academia.edu, uh, where all my articles can be uh, can be found, uh, mm-hmm. and just so people know it, the the uh, uh, the text itself uh, there is a there is a PDF on hebrewbooks.org of Masahed Grahot censored by Absolut.
0: Okay, great. So let's get back to the uh, the main part of the story. So. You mentioned before you didn't want to frame it as a you don't like the Emden it's you know so first of all what 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 then would you choose to to frame how would you choose to frame it <laughs> I'm curious to hear if that's not the you know the way. that's everyone, I only bring say that because that's everybody knows it not necessarily mm-hmm. you know but how would you um um refer to that and and also like you said I just want to also like you mentioned you know the amulets I guess we should discuss the amulets a little bit as well
1: hmm okay so so uh, the reason why I I don't have a good moniker. Um, I mean, I'm still in the process of writing the the book and I don't have a a, a, a good moniker. The reason why I'm saying it's not the Emden-Eybysh controversy is that for, Emden is our most important, not one of the two most important sources for the history of this controversy. It's the best known source, which is why most people assume that this is about Emden accusing Eibischitz. Now, if you read the sources closer, and especially if you read archival sources, you realize that Emden is not really the main player. Um, And again, I'm not the first person to say it. Uh, I did discover a lot of new sources in the sense a lot of sources, uh, uh, no historian ever worked with, but if you, uh, uh, if you read the articles of Professor Sid Lyman, uh, uh, he will also tell you, right, that uh, in some sen- sense Pnei Hoshua is much, much more important player in the controversy than Emden. We say Emden-Eibeschutz because most of the texts written against Eibeschutz or published against Eibeschutz were published by Emden. Uh, uh, but if you, when you get deeper into the controversy, you realize that Emden, Emden is not really uh, uh, is the most important. Let me put it in this way. That Mden is the most important historian of the controversy uh, in real time, uh, right? But it's not the most important player in the, uh, um, in the controversy. Again, other rabbis such as Pnei HaShua, Nadab Yehuda, Shmuel Hilmanmi me, uh, 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 of Metz uh, 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 are much more important actors uh, uh when um, when it happens so this is for the for the controversy um, and also just and and also secular jewish authorities uh not the rabbi's right but precisely the council of furlands uh, the parnassim the elders of the of the of of, 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 of of the communities and so on and so forth now sorry
0: yeah, I, I know I asked about the M but i to go back on that. I think we should leave it for a second to go back on that. So, well, a lot of people aren't familiar. I think maybe they are, but I don't think they are with the Pnei Shua and they do another. So what was their, you know, the Pnei Shua was the main one. What was his opposition and when did that start?
1: As I said, right when we when we started, I said that that the, the Irish controversy are different controversies. And on point number one. There is something not kosher about Abishan. Let's say it in, like this, right? There is something non-normative about both his beliefs and, arguably, also his actions. The most of the Kdoyelim, most of the important rabbis of the time, uh, would agree with this. There is a problem with Abishan, right? And and uh, most. As I said, Yehoshua, Yehuda, Shmuel Ariel Amsterdam, Agra, pretty much Mden. Everyone thinks that there is there is something deeply problematic about Aybasht, and there is a discussion how to handle it, right? And on this question, you have a very broad spectrum from Emden who is saying. Let's blow it. Let's let's publicize it as much as possible. Uh, 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 Right? Let's have an open public controversy uh, 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 leading to the condemnation, unequivocal condemnation of Ibschitz through. Falk, who is, uh, 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 who is saying, yes, I is uh, a, a heretic. The correct way to handle of this controversy uh, uh, would be to him to face the Bed-din, uh um, and then give him an opportunity to repent or remove him from the rabbinic position up to Landau, up to Yehuda, uh, who says yes, Abishur I- ha- is-, is a heretic. Uh, eh- is the best strategy in the situation uh, is to suppress it at all, not to mention it. Uh, 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 right? And open controversy uh, is a larger harm to Judaism uh, than Is possible heretical, uh, 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 heretical beliefs. Uh, Again, most of what I just said is, is not me, is Professor Sid Lyman. But on this point we, we 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 fully you fully we fully agree. I only bring additional evidence that his main point is is true.
0: One last point on this. You mentioned the the of the going. What was his opinions? What was his relationship over here?
1: Okay, this is this is again. The, I can only send you to 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 Lyman's article. Uh, uh, the Eibeshitz included in Luhata Dut, A letter from uh, right. It's uh, 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 the guy still relatively young, right? Among among the the Gdoylim who are against uh, um, against Eibeshitz, he 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 he's the youngest, and he's not yet uh, uh, what he what he what he later later become. Uh, uh, but Eibeshitz includes a letter from the from the gra among the letters defending him uh from the accusation now lyman essentially demonstrates that the the letter from the gra is not defending but is supporting the accusation um again it's not my research i'm just i'm just i'm just relating r- relating it
0: right especially it's good yeah uh, yeah okay um um, so that's Professor Lyman. People can, can check out his his thing. So um, another question before I, that somebody asked me as well is that, so getting back to Jacob Emden, he's being the famous player of the Ivets for this part of the story, the amulets. First of all, you said, were, you mentioned the outside, oh, they were neighbors. They obviously live in the same tribal community. Did they, Did they? were they personally
1: uh, acquainted with each other? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They were, they were, of course. When, when, when uh, first of all, they might or might not have met in Prague. There is a moment during Emden's visit to Prague when they, um, uh, 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 when they overlapped Emden in his autobiography says he never met Eibeschutz during his, his visit to Prague, but there's other evidence that claims they actually met in Prague. Uh, um, in the in the 1720s, but in the 50s, uh, yes, of course, uh, uh, yes, of course, and uh, and prior to, just so people understand, right, the contra- controversy erupted very quickly after Ibersht assumed his position in the triple community. So he arrived in Altona. In uh, uh, in uh, September 1750, uh, 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 the, the the controversy erupts in the big controversy erupts in January 1750 uh, uh, 51. Uh, but during this brief period period of time, uh, yes, they, they they met, they interacted. Emden uh, describes quite a lot about his interaction with. Uh, uh says that Ibishitz wanted to visit him; that he praised his siddur; uh, uh, that he invited him to uh, hear his uh, uh, his sermons. Ibishitz, uh, in turn, uh, in his letters, describes his attitude to Emden. So yes, of course, they met.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So, as far as I understand, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the main this main part of the controversy erupted over these? amulets that uh, Rubenstein wrote and they opened, the, the people came to Rack of Emden, he opened them, he publicized what was written in them, some mm-hmm. came, some others, so I'm, I'm, I'm mixing a lot of together, so I want you to just give a broad overview of this, so okay. what what happened with that and what did the amulets you know, say
1: in there? Okay, so so again, so so the controver- the trigger for this controversy is a discovery of an amulet which was actually written in Frankfurt, uh, Ibis wrote this particular amulet on the way uh, from Metz uh, to, uh, uh, to Altona. It was sent from Alton open in Frankfurt sent um, uh, sent to, sent to uh, Altona pub publicized there um, and the amulet contains uh, among other things an assertion that Sha uh, uh, Shabtai Tzvi is the Messiah. It's a, essentially a form of a prayer to Shabtai Tzvi as as, as, as the true Messiah. And at that point, uh, it's actually not at that point because Shmuel Hillman in Metz is is already collecting other amulets before this public controversy erupted. But from there, there you have a controversy around Ibasutus amulets. Uh, today we have we have copies of 27 or 28 amulets, depending on how you count. I mean, one is, uh, you can argue whether, whether it's, it's the same amulet, two versions of one amulet or two different amulets. Uh, but, but we have a corpus of um, amulets written by, uh, written by, uh, uh, by I. um publicized mainly by his enemies, Uh, but again, there is no serious debate uh, about uh, the content. Uh, Ibis himself takes responsibility for what is in the amulet and interprets three of the amulets, uh, right? He just Provides an interpretation that is different from the one uh, given by his uh, uh, by his opponents, Uh, but it's it's an interpretation of the same text, Uh, right? So the 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 texts are um, uh, are there, and the amulets are extremely interesting. They are interesting not only because of uh, uh references to Shabtai Tzvi. uh They're interested because look, if you look at controversies among about amulets in Jewish history, they are about a, uh, um, uh, they are about the fact th- about two questions, right? Whether it works, uh, um, right? Whether, whether, Dispensing amulet is uh, uh, is a legitimate uh, medical practice or some uh, suspicious form of quasi magic, right? Halakhically, there's no discussion. You have it explicitly in Shulchan Aruch. You can give amulets. uh, uh, There is no problem. But there are people who will criticize criticize amulets from rationalistic positions, saying this is superstition, right? that's one controversy and another controversy is whether a particular amulet is kosher or not right whether you can uh, uh, include Shmota uh, in in the uh, um, uh, right the impure names in the in the amulets these are the kind of controversies about about the amulets now the controversy about the ibish's amulets is different because it's a controversy about theology in other words this is about a controversy about the fact that in the amulets, you don't only have uh, 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 right? letter combinations and and, and, and and holy names, but you have a text that contains, that expresses tenets of beliefs or theological arguments, which you can interpret in one way or another. This in itself is, uh, Is a huge thing, right? That you can read amulets the way you read a book and you can have a debate about the correct or incorrect interpretation. Now, once you get to this interpretation, one thing that stands out is uh, uh, a very clear declaration that Shabtai Tzvi is a a Messiah. Uh, In some amulets, uh, not in all of them, but in some of them, he's deified, he's addressed not only as the true Messiah, but also as God. Uh, and that you can have some form of prayer to Shabtai Tzvi, either in his messianic or in his divine uh, 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 divine capacity. Uh, this is the big debate about, uh, about the amulet.
0: I think this might be a good point to give a little bit of an explanation. On <clears throat> you have a book that you edited called Sabatian Heresy, which is just you know a collection of translation of primary sources of what the Sabatian theology was and the opponents. So, obviously, we're not going to go into that here, but maybe just to give an overview I mean, obviously, we're talking 75 years after Shabbat died, and a little bit even more, 80 uh, something years after he um, became a Muslim. So, so what does it mean that oh, someone believes in Shabbat? What do you mean he's dead? He was he was Muslim? What, what explain to people? What, what are they yeah. what would that mean? okay?
1: Mm-hmm. So essentially, just to make it clear, right? Sabbatianism, Shabtaut in Hebrew. These are scholarly terms, right? The the people in the real time. There, nobody talks about Sabbatianism. There's there's no word Sabbatianism until until Mechakrim until scholars uh, it, it invented it, uh, which is the late nineteenth century, the mid nineteenth century. Um, the So any definition that we give is an external definition, right? It's not a definition, it's not that uh, Sabatians themselves defined uh, themselves in a particular fashion, it's we scholars uh, uh, who are coming up with an analytical tool to define a historical historical phenomenon. And once you try to define it, there are two ways to go about it. Um, One way is to say that Uh, uh, is a way of social historian Uh, is to say, uh, um, uh, Sabatians are a group of people uh, who are characterized, uh, who can be described in sociological terms. They belong to specific communities. They have specific, they practice specific rituals. They have their own calendar, Uh, um, uh, 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 right? So in addition to, or instead in some, Either instead or in addition to normal Jewish festivals, they would celebrate their own festivals, uh, uh, right? They would have their rabbis, their cemeteries, uh, uh, their network of contacts, their own yeshivot, and so on and so forth. That's one way of going about it. Uh, and in this sense, yes, you do have Sabbatianism uh, in, in Europe up until. Uh, 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 the early the early nineteenth century, uh, right you know which Ba Midrash or but B- B- Midrash you have a corpus of texts that these people study and so on and so forth that 's one possibility. Another possibility is to think about it the way an intellectual historian thinks about it, namely say to say it's a, this is not about practices or communities, it's about beliefs, right? There, there is a set of beliefs that can be defined as, uh, uh, as Sabatian. And here it gets tricky because prior to Shabtai Tzvi's uh, a, a, a death, uh, it's very easy to define Sabatian beliefs. This is a belief that Shabtai Tzvi is the true Messiah, who is about redeeming Israel. Uh, after the after the conversion and then his death it's getting more and more complicated because you have a theology that has to incorporate uh, uh the uh, uh conversion and then the death or occultation uh of the messiah into into its body uh right so you have to have a theology that explains why the Messiah had to convert to Islam and in what way this is a necessary part of the, uh, of the process of, uh, um, uh, of redemption. Uh, And then you have to explain why the Messiah disappeared on us uh, and whether he's supposed to return or not. And if so, in what, um, uh, in what way. The reason be, the, the result of this being is that, as you mentioned, this is we are we are we are eight years after 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 Tzvi, uh, 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 died. Uh, by that point, most of the Sabbatian theology is not particularly focused on Shabtai fee as the Messiah. Uh, it goes in different directions. It goes uh, again. I invite people to, to 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 read my read my book, uh, but it has its own uh, a, a doctrine of creation of the of, of creation of the world. It has its own description of uh, of the the structure of the Godhead, and so on and so forth. It has its own doctrine of Shchina. It has. It's it's a very well developed theology, and I cannot uh, get into it. What is important that. As the time goes by, it does not focus on Shabtai fee, right? So the most important and only Sabatian book that was printed by Sabatians themselves, not by scholars, is the Ozla Elohim, and it's. Uh, um, it's a book, it's a Sabatian book uh, that doesn't mention Shabtai fee uh, even in one word uh, and does not relate to the issue of, um, of issue messianism. Now, just to close this, right? So so as the time goes by, if we are in the mid 18th century, most of Sabatianism is Sabatianism without Shabtai fee or with, without the focus on Shabtai fee Now, in this regard, Ibeshutus amulets are extraordinary because they are pretty much the only text from from that period, right? Not from the mid-17th century, but from the mid-18th century, which very clearly states Shaptai Tzvi is the true messiah.
0: Well wow. so back to the Kameh so the amulet by the way, I mention also Kamea is the amulet uh, we didn't know if we mentioned the Hebrew word for people. So now that these, this whole eruption, you know, this whole thing happened over the Khmer. so and that this chapter from your forthcoming book, which I think you uh, put up on Academia, on your Academia page as well, if people want to read it, that we're discussing, so discusses it, it actually goes through them, you can read it, it's probably easier to read it than to discuss what it said there, they can read that uh, at length. Um, so where were they, where can we, re, where are they uh, reproduced? And um, the other thing you mentioned there, I think which you guys have, Jacob Emden in his writings doesn't really mention does he actually mention the amulets at times, like the theology? Very, very
1: relatively little, but he does. Yes, right. Okay. So, um, so the the bulk of the twenty four out of twenty eight uh, um, were published in uh, uh, in a book uh, a pamphlet uh, titled "Sfatemet Uh It is published in seventeen uh, fifty two most likely in Amsterdam. Uh, It's published anonymously. Uh, uh, It has been often attributed to Emden. Today scholars, pretty much agreed that it was not published by Emden. Uh, the book is, uh, uh, the book was published in the circle of Rabbi Shmuel uh, Hillman and uh, uh, Rabbi Nehemia Reischer uh, from, uh, from Met. Um, and this is essentially the most important text of the, of the amulet itself. It's 24 out of 28, uh, the, remaining, the, remaining, the remaining four uh, were not published uh, during, during the controversy. One of them was published from a manuscript by, uh, uh, no, let me rephrase. One of them was published during the controversy, but not in Jewish sources, w- was published by, 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 by Christians. Mm, and then republished by Sholem uh um and the remaining ones were never published uh, uh, they're extant only only in manuscripts uh, and i am publishing them in my uh, in my book uh, the chapter you mentioned include uh one ibis amulet that was that was never never published by by anyone
0: so as you mentioned also in that chapter that you and you mentioned this at the outset a little bit, you actually use some other sources as well, and you and there are you mentioned there. There are some others that have looked at them maybe recently, um, the Danish trial records and others that people have only focused on the back of Emden, which we'll get to in a minute. But so what are these other sources, and why didn't people use them until now?
1: Um, I don't have a, an answer to the second question. I don't know. Uh, uh, um, um, it's uh, uh, what. Look, when I my first book was on Frankism, right? Was one was on Jacob Frank, um, and when I was working on on the book on Frankism, I knew that there is an awful lot of archival material that nobody nobody ever used. Then I finished the book on on Frank, and I uh, said to myself that I want to write a book on Ibschitz, and I thought I would be working mainly with printed sources that people. The sources are known, we can discuss an interpretation uh, and then I realized that there are thousands and thousands of pages of manuscript uh, that were uh, never never studied by uh, historians uh, in a systematic fashion that some historians read very little parts of it, uh, but nobody read the the entire the entire corpus. Again, the most, important, the most important sources are sources from two different court cases: one in the Hamburg Senate, one in the Danish Royal Royal Court. Uh, the, if we are talking about the triple community, it has a complicated legal status because Hamburg is a free city in the Holy Roman Empire. Altona belongs to the Kingdom of Denmark. Uh, so you have the state border in the middle of of, uh, uh, of, the, of the community. And as the controversy erupts, both sides, that is to say, both the, uh, um, both uh, enemies or opponents uh, um, and his supporters petition, uh, both the Hamburg Senate and the, and the Danish authorities um, uh, uh, basically open court cases uh, that drag for uh, uh, for uh, some years and what happens then is that the courts are doing what the courts are doing, um, namely collecting evidence uh, right uh, so they are literally thousands of pages of uh, uh, of court records uh, and they are of all kinds right including, Hebrew sources uh, that were just uh, right letters of prominent rabbis uh, or or uh, uh, testimonies of, 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 of Din, which were initially collected by, by the Jews, um, but then they were sent to uh, uh, Christian courts and now, now preserved in, um, in these uh, archives expert testimonies, uh, 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 witness trials, official pronounce- pronouncement of the communities, anything, you name it. Uh, it's just an awful lot of material.
0: That's something that you said you're gonna be working with. Now, the other obviously famous source is Byakov Emden, and he has many printed things, but something that he never published that's very important is, is Igeras Purim. So first of all, why is it called Igeras Purim? People might be like, what, that's the name. That's a weird name. Why did he call it that? And also, what is it about and why didn't he publish
1: it? Okay, so, so this is the only extant. There were some other texts that Emden wrote, but they are lost. But this is the only, only extant important Emden's text pertaining to the controversy. That hasn't been published, uh, and I'm working on. And parallel to working on my book, I'm working also on an on the critical edition of um, of Puri. Uh, it what it is is on the face of it, it's simply a record of the beginning of the controversy, uh, recorded more or less in real time uh, by Emden. Right, he's. Later, his printed books also contains records of the controversy, but they, are, they, 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 they were written four or five years later. This is written mostly in, um, in real time. And it's, it's the most detailed record of the, of the eruption of the, of the controversy of, uh, in, in, in Altona. So a lot of what I m- mentioned today is based on uh, Igaret, uh, Igaret Puri. That's the that's the uh, Right now, the one of the things I am trying to do with this text is to show that it has a deeper level. That it's not only a factual description of what what really happened, uh, or how Emden wanted to present what what, what 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 really happened, but it's rooted in Emden's own vision of again. Redemption and of himself and his role in the process of redemption. So it's called Tigaret Purim and this is actually Purim is the gematria on uh, on the Yaakov Ben Tzvi, uh, and then himself opens this gematria on the on the first page of uh, uh, of the manuscript. Uh, but again, you mentioned the text that I that I posted on Academia. Uh, um, I'm trying to do quite a bit with. Emden's identification with 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 Purim and uh, 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 and the role the festival of Purim plays in in in, in his vision vision of the uh, uh, of the world right in other words what I again I'm not going to get into it what I what what I, what I do want to emphasize that I I, I think the text has much deeper layer than merely an account of, 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 of events.
0: Right. So you said, interestingly, you're working on a critical edition. So that's also a a, a large part of the book. Um, So, okay. I think that's more or less covers what we were going to get. Obviously there's much more you put up the uh, articles on your academia page. People want to uh, uh, check it out. Um, So mainly that first chapter is like setting the groundwork plus, you know discussing the amulets i'm just curious if you know like do you have any rough outline like what's the the other rest of the book or what other parts topics are you going to cover on the uh the rest of that? it course? is
1: it is it is i mean uh, in terms of the narrative it really it really tells the story of the controversy from 1750 till 1755 uh, uh, right but a um a, a so a part of this book is just to tell the story um which I think hasn't been told, or, 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 or has been told only in a very fragmentary fashion. Another part is uh, uh, um, is to understand the third question that I asked, namely, uh, uh, how to define uh, the 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 non-normativity of a uh, fiber of right? Whether it is Sabatianism, whether it's uh, something else, do we have a good term for it uh, and so on and so forth. As I mentioned, I am very interested also in other accusations that came up. In the course of the controversy, uh, and the most important, for from my perspective, um, is the accusation of crypto Christianity. Is the accusation that Eybeschütz in fact was a, uh, a clandestine clandestine Christian? Again, I'm not interested so much in whether it's true or not. I'm interested in in the possible meaning of it. Right? What does it mean to say uh, 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 that a major 18th century rabbi? may be a hidden Christian it clearly does not mean that he went to a church and apostasy uh, 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 nobody claims that right uh, um, does it mean that uh, uh, he believes in Jesus does it mean that he incorporates some tenets of Christianity into his teaching does it mean that uh, 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 Right again. The, 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 the type of analysis I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying trying to do is is is, is semantic. Right. What, what could it mean uh, for an Orthodox Jew in the mid 18th century to be crypto Christian?
0: Right. Fascinating. So do you have any, I don't know if you know, do you have any like, idea out loud when the book's going to be published? Are you still far away from it? Or? I am
1: far away. I am far away because as I mentioned, the archival record is just is just immense. Uh, and it takes time to read. It's sometimes it's written in different, different difficult hands. So, so I am, and I'm not rushing. In other words, there's no, I'm not under pressure to, uh, um, uh, to publish it uh, right now. I'm working on a chapter which focuses on uh, on Irish's defense, uh, on the way he's framing his own defense uh, um, uh, strategy. Uh, again, there are three main texts. One is the sermon that he that he gives in 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 Alton at the very beginning of the controversy. And then he himself publishes uh, 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 this uh, sermon. Uh, The second element are the interpretations of the amulet, right? His uh, accusers are claiming uh, 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 this is about Shabtai Tzvi. Ibaszut is claiming, no, no, these are completely kosher Uh, um, amulet. Again, I'm interested in how he's arguing that they are completely kosher uh, 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 amulet. And the third element, which is completely unknown uh, to earlier scholarship, are uh, his testimonies de- given, given during the trial, what he's actually saying to the to the court. Uh, and we have a record of that.
0: OK, so we're eagerly uh, looking forward to that. So in the, just one last thing to close up in the interim, while uh, you know, it's not coming up time soon, we're People interested in reading about the this controversy, is there anywhere you can point them? Anything that they should you you suggest them to read? No? There is no, there is
1: no, uh, there is nothing synthetic, right? In other words, there, there there are bits and pieces here and there. So uh, we mentioned Lyman's articles, uh, uh, which are which are excellent, but they are they are focused on very very specific uh, um, uh, specific points. Uh, there is the stuff that I already published. Either published, published, uh, like the, the 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 article on the uh, on the censorship of the of the shas, uh, or the, the work in progress that I'm posting on uh, in, uh, on academia. Uh, uh, there are publications of J.J. Schechter. There, there is a lot of work. Some of it is excellent but none of which is synthetic. Like you cannot, you you don't have a a, 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 a book which would give you a good introduction or a good overview of, 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 of the entire thing.
0: Right, gotcha, okay. Thank you very much for joining me, I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure.